What's good, family? It's your boy Trader Rose from Real Ass Conversation. This episode number 27. This is the King Cactus Edition. I got my boy all the way from Cali over here, my boy James Denton, a man of many talents. Here to bless his podcast. He doing many things from modeling to fitness. And he even has his own podcast show called the JD3 Radio Report. Yeah, it's changing now. It's changing now? Are you switching it up on us? Yeah, yeah I'm right. switching it up. Are you going to give us any kind of, you know, hints of what it's going to be called? Man, I give you a drop. You know, I give you a little fresh little release. Um, I'm gonna drop it. Um, change the name to Lead the Business Podcast. Lead the business. Yeah. Okay. Well, what what made that change? Back in high school, one of my best friends was Vonte. His voicemail was always Lead the Business, and I get back at you. So, me and him was just talking one day, and I was just just bringing up Lead the Business and whatnot. Just kept saying, I was like, you know what? That would sound like a better name than what I got now. So, you know, I rapped with him about it. He gave me the blessing to use it. So, you know, we're going to go in that direction. So is it Lead or We, the business? Leave, leave. Leave the business. Yeah, Lead the business, yeah. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you. I just wanted to square Mm -hmm. that up. So it's still going to be about sports and everything, or you going to switch the whole, like, uh, setup? Uh, it's gonna be about more than just sports. Now we're talking about entertainment. Um, I got two hosts. So I got a female and a male. So it's it's gonna be like that. So you know, I'm gonna get a. I don't want to just have a male perspective. You know, I want to get the woman take on things too. But that's not gonna drop till like June, though. Okay, I'm about to say. I like that he had that foresight. Cause honestly, you need a plan. And trust me, yeah. it's much better when you have a team. But I do, I do hear sometimes it is harder to have teammates as well too. Cause getting everybody together, everybody getting on the same page. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's why I don't really have any team with me. I kind of have yeah. more so of a, like just call people in and just I have reoccurring guests. That's what I normally have. Yeah, that's what I started with. But I just wanted to see how it would go with having co-hosts you know if it don't work then i just go back to my call-ins and you know doing things like that but i just wanted to you know see how it would be to have like a consistent host on the show instead of just calling different people i just wanted to try something else out i think it's good to have like a female voice or or, or a lady's yeah. voice let me not say female girls get mad over that but having a lady's yeah, voice because it's just like you get a different perspective and, I, and a lot of times when I do be having these conversations about relationships, a lot of these girls be wanting to talk through the through their phones and be like, nah, Trayvon ain't getting it right. We need a girl to put them right. straight. So always good to have like a female uh, point of view when you come to this podcasting game. But what got you into yeah. podcasting? Um, What got me into podcasting actually was funny. I actually wanted to do like a podcast type of thing in high school, but I didn't know like the terminology of it. You know, I thought at that point it was just like being an analyst. Because other than sports and all that, I always wanted to talk to people. I always wanted to interview people. That's why I went to school for it, uh, for broadcasting, um, visual, and audio. So for real? That's what I've been wanting. Yeah, that's what I went to school for. So that was my, like, my dreams as a kid. Like, waking up every morning early before high school, before middle school, watching Sports Center, seeing them interview different people, uh, watching um, Big Tigger in the basement, interviewing people late night, Saturday Night Live. Like, I always wanted to be that type of skit, like, person, like, um, traveling and doing things as such. But what made me really want to pursue it um, is actually a fellow Jersey person, Joe Budden. Uh, listening to him um, and 
just how his different takes on things and Joe Button's not liked <laughs> by many, you know, but he just keeps going and he just keeps defining the odds. And, you know, I just really feel like that's hard. So that's what got me in the podcasting. First thing, you know how big you would be if you were starting in high school? Like, you would have been way above yeah. the curve and it would have been been See, took off. The crazy thing is I try so hard not to think that because I had this idea for so long. And, like, when I start to think, like, dang, if I would have started, like, <laughs> we graduated 10 years ago. So if I would have started then, you know, things would have been a lot better now. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I'm, we starting now. So, you know, all we, could, all we could do is just keep getting better moving forward. And I wasn't really good with technology back then anyway. You know, I just recorded in the studio, like, rapping. <laughs> you know, and at that point, I didn't even want to rap. You know, I was just good at it. That's why I dropped a one mixtape, and I named it the reason. The reason I named that mixtape because I was for sure I wasn't coming back. <laughs> so I named it the point of return for a reason. Because <laughs> I said this is one and done. Like if it take off, cool. If it don't, oh well. Nah. You know, I want to do something else. Nah, I feel you. Speaking on Joe Budden, I hate that nigga. Yo. <laughs> what? I mean, I don't hate him, man, but I don't know. Some of his, to me, I respect his hustle. I respect his grind. I, I, I respect every point that you said about him, but sometimes uh -huh. I feel like he think he's bigger than what he is. I I can get why you, he's narcissistic. So he, he Joe, Joe is just, he's stuck in his own ways. I can say that as a fan of Joe Budden. Um, he's stuck in his own ways. It's his way or the highway. He's not that good at admitting when he's wrong, but I like him for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and not to be <laughs> weird or anything, but, you know, I like a little bit of toxicity <laughs> in my content. So, <laughs> you know, that's why I rock with him like that for real. That that kind of goes like the person that got me into it was a uh, Charlemagne the God. Like listening to him, I on hate the Breakfast Club, That's the funny. Thing. A, a lot of people do, and that's why I like. Well, I guess it goes both ways. Kind of like that toxic shit mm -hmm. in my life too, because I just like the yeah. fact that he can talk, say anything he want, and there's really never never any repercussions for his actions. Like he can really just say what he want, and sometimes I be agree with it. A lot of times yeah. I don't, but I respect the fact that he has the freedom. He get paid. To speak his mind. So when I saw that, I was like, you know how people I know from New Jersey that talk the same mm -hmm. bullshit he be talking? I said, I got to oh, yeah, get some people on wax. You know what I mean? So sure. I, I definitely understand what you get for the whole Joe Budden thing. But to me, Joe Budden like, just came to the game. And I act like he the king of this podcast shit. Which he is taking over. But it's just like, yeah. he even ruined his own relationship with Rory and the other dude. What's his name, all? Are they beefing Mom, right now? But if you... Okay, about that, I wouldn't say he ruin his relationship with them as a like a faithful listener of the pod and actually a member of the Patreon. So what happened is Rory we all know if you were a fan of the podcast, you know that Rory and his engagement was shaky. Because if you know academics, academics pretty much put Rory on blast talking about that Rory had a side chick buying her fake burgers, all that other stuff. So Rory been like on edge, like he been challenging to fight Joe like the past like ten episodes. I seen so that Joe was like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to fight you, blah blah blah. And then Rory, Joe told him like, hey, take some episodes off. And Rory agreed with it. Maul just wanted to be a part of it. If you listen to the podcast, you could tell Maul don't want to be there. He's looking for a reason to not be on the podcast. So Joe said, Rory, take off. 
People love Maul, Maul though. Said, I don't know. Huh? People love Maul. Yeah, I love Maul too. But this this instance, I think Maul was incorrect, and I think Maul just wanted to be a part of the issue that was going on. Like it really had nothing to do with Maul. But I rocked with Maul heavy. You know what I'm saying? Like Maul's my Maul's my guy. Like, but Maul is if you really listen to Maul, like and put your favoritism to the side, Maul's real small-minded. Like, he's he's not trying to leave the Bronx. And that's where he he's falls a, short of a lot He's of a things. chill uncle, I feel like. He's a chill uncle that, you know, keeps it real, keeps everybody in line when it gets a little too crazy. That's a role I got from it. To me, dr- mm-hmm. uh, to me, Joe's a drunk ass uncle. No one is gonna talk shit, <laughs> and especially not to say nothing back. And for Rory, like, yeah. I, like I was, I was watching the Joe Budden podcast a lot in the summertime. I kind of fell off it these past few months. Yeah, yeah. But to me, I always felt like they used to always like gang up on Rory, like he was a hoe or some shit like that. Mm. I used to think Rory was a yes man, and I hated that. Like I felt like he would try to be down, but I felt like a lot of times Joe and them played him for that though. Yeah. Well, you the only well Parks is right too, but. You know, if you look at it that way, like, as far as the stars of the podcast, it's two black males and one white, you know, that's going to happen. You know, and you be talking like you, you know, about that life and whatnot. And people like, but Joe's not a street dude anyway, so I don't even get how he could do that to somebody. But, hey, you know, each his own, I Joe guess. Be, Joe be talking crazy, man. Let's not act like he don't be talking he crazy out here. Oh, yeah, he does. He does. But, okay, Joe talks crazy. But at the end of the day, nobody really comes back crazy to him. The only person I've seen come back crazy to Joe was Gilly. And I'm not a fan of Gilly. For what? I'm not a fan of Gilly, bro. I'm Gilly, like, my boy. I, 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 I'm going to tell you like this. When when uh, Gilly and the podcast started and they had Dev, no lie, that was my favorite podcast ever. When they got rid of Dev and they had, like, the guests, like, the first couple guests I didn't like. Like, with the girl, Don't Call Me White Girl, was not a fan of her. She was just basic, agreed with everything they said. And then they had Tony the Closer, was not a fan of him. As of late, when it's just Gilly and Wild and they're bringing on the new guests, pretty much like what we was talking about in the beginning, you know, bringing on the guests, I like that better. But when they got rid of Dev, like, from, like, episode 50 to, like, probably, like, 70-something, I was not a fan of it. I wasn't listening to it. All right. So, I, so all right. So, you're, you're, I'm, I'm a new fan to a million dollars worth of game. I just started mm-hmm. listening to it yeah. a month and a half ago. So, I started, like, around episode 80. I didn't get all the way down to 50 and below. But from what I heard oh, from that, 80 that's up. That's the goal right there. Huh? Yeah. That's so the goal right there, 50 and below. Okay. All right. So, all right. So, Everything I've been watching lately, I've been liking from Gillian um, okay. going up. So I, I, I take your word for that because I'm about to say you, you actually have been like following it, following it. Because I'm actually mm-hmm. a fan of um, Wallow627 because he have all the Instagram yeah. posts and all, them, all those inspirational type of mm-hmm. posts that he put up. And I'm like, man, I actually like this dude. And then I saw him in Gilly reaction. I wasn't really like that big of a Gilly fan, but... He kind of made me yeah. be like, all right, Gilly actually funny as hell. And their combination, I like that. I like how mm-hmm. they come together. So when I started watching the podcast, I was like, yo, these two dudes are like how, you know, me, some, me and some of my homeboys would act. But I can see how you said before, you know, when you add some other elements that you might not like, that might mess the chemistry yeah. up. And maybe that, maybe they realized that and got rid of those other two people. Mm-hmm. Wallow reminds me of Jumani. Uh, 
Maybe, man. I don't know. <laughs> I about to say, I haven't seen like Jemani in so long. I actually just spoke to him probably like a couple of days ago. But um, back in high school, Jemani was that motivational speaker to me. So that's why Waller reminded me of him. I don't know. He just like, to me, he's one of those dudes who are, is like corny cool. Like he corny, but it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Because I know he's been through that life already. I know he passed that. And I feel like Gilly just that cool ass old head. I feel like he's 21 or some shit like that. But he's an oh, older yeah. cousin now. And you know, Wallow always be trying to talk shit about him. I, I, like honestly, I forgot. I forgot all of the fact that he even beefed with Beanie Siegel back in the day. I was watching their old beef with Beanie Siegel. I saw the one where he had with Cassidy, and I'm like, yo, this dude Gilly the Kid was really funny as hell. Like I miss all of that on YouTube back in the day. I love, I love how uh, Wallow was a Birdman fan. Like that's that's really the kicker to me. Hey, like he real man. That's why I like Wild. Wild like what he like. You know what I'm saying? Like he, yeah. he goes in. He was like, yo. He said, even if you have a legend in front of his face, he was like, man, you was cool back then. But I fuck with Birdman. Like I was like, all right, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I, mm-hmm. Birdman to give him a cosign for real, for real. Definitely, and he gonna get he gonna get Gilly Masters back too. Even though he said it's not worth nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he said that shit ain't worth nothing. But all right, let's get let's get off of that and let's get on to yo. Why they call you King Cactus? Where'd that come from? <sighs> okay. Oh, boy. So, high school, it was me and Monte. Um, and if you know me, before Dwayne Wade, my favorite basketball player was Shaq. So, Shaq went to Phoenix, right? And in the interview, they said, so what's your nickname going to be? <laughs> and he said, the Big Cactus. <laughs> so, I took that. And ran with it, you know. So it was the King Cactus. Me and Monte was fighting over that name for the longest, you know. So then I took it, and then he went to Almighty Cactus. I'm like, oh, you can have that. I'm staying with the King. So I always felt like the Cactus was from Shaq. The King was because my favorite rapper in high school was Ti. Uh, is he still your favorite rapper, so, bro? Is he still your favorite rapper? Ti, is he still my favorite rapper? No. But he's in my top ten at all time. Okay, okay. So, he used to go hard in high school for T.I. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, a, I, I didn't play about T.I. And, 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 so, and we went to school in New Jersey, y'all, so he was the only person going hard for T.I. Like, <laughs> Yeah, man. And I still I still uh, go hard for T.I., but he's not my number one now. But, you know, so I just was like, all right, I'm the king. I was already calling myself the king because of T.I. I went to the Cactus because of Shaq. I just put it together. And I've been getting called that since 2009. We're in 2021. So it's a, going strong, it's bro. Just yeah. All right. Yeah. So that so that go into your brand because I see that you and, you and Monte is really into this whole fitness game with this whole cactus fit yep. thing. So, like, mm-hmm. when do you start taking your health seriously? Okay. this I was in – okay. It was actually a downtime. I finished junior college, graduated, got a scholarship. I actually got six scholarship offers, and I chose a school in Georgia. I got all the way there, ended up being ineligible because some of my credits didn't transfer over. So I couldn't play. So I was, like, in a real down spot, like depression, down on myself, and I was just eating. So I left junior college. I was 229. So at the school in Georgia, they did, like, what they call – you you played. They did like surprise like weigh-ins. Yeah. So 
they call you downstairs to the training office and all that stuff, step on the scale. So I stepped on the scale and I was the heaviest in my life and I was 269. I was 269, but I was still at linebacker. I was moving, you know, because I had to practice even though I was ineligible. So I still had to practice. I was still moving and all that stuff, but there was like, it was like the most embarrassing moment of my life. They said, you're no longer a linebacker. We're about to move you to D-tackle. And I'd never put my hand in the dirt in my life. <laughs> other, other than the O-line. Yeah. So I'm like, what? <laughs> so I come from a family where I got people on the bigger side, like um, I'm, I'm in my family line. So I was just like, you know what? I got to I gotta start taking it serious. So I started training training and posting myself and then people just started to comment like hey could you train me could you send me plans and you know i was doing that you know off the strength for about two years you know and at that point i was still working out but i wasn't noticing like much of a change i just was really just doing it you know and then i hopped on the scale and still not really seeing much of a transition and then I got into the food and I cut out chicken. I went straight pescatarian. The chicken? And I dropped from, yeah, I cut out chicken, bro. I haven't uh, ate chicken and been pescatarian since 2019. So I thought chicken was been, good. I thought chicken. I thought I thought red meat was bad. So this is what it is about chicken that I, you know, I spoke to a nutritionist and they told me. Chickens, the reason why chickens grow so fast, because they're injected with steroids. So when they kill the chicken, where does the steroids go? It's still in that chicken. You eat that chicken, you eat in them steroids that they pump into that chicken, and that's what causes you to bloat, what causes you to get more mass and stuff like that. And I was noticing that just eating grilled chicken was making me heavier. So I had to like, all right, I can't do chicken no more. I cut that out. I cut out potatoes and I went just straight potatoes. You haven't had yeah, fries eat, since when? I only eat sweet potatoes now. Dog, okay. Sweet okay. potatoes, bro. Sweet potatoes because that's a better carb for you. It's a carb that burns faster than the, the regular potato. So I cut that out and I just started training and going heavy. Now I have uh, 13 clients. Um, I have clients in California, clients in New Jersey, clients in Texas and clients in Florida. So I'm trying to talk to, as talking to Monte, I was like, let's do a business together and, I need the cactus fit and it just took off. So we working in the, you know, the beginning stages of it now, getting the logo together, getting the business plan and about to go get the LLC to brand it. But, you know, it was just really just at a hard spot in my life. You know, I turned it to something gold, pretty much like how everything I do. So that that's tough dog. Cause it means it's crazy how you went from a low point and you mm-hmm. wanted better for yourself and that somehow inspired yeah. other others to get better for themselves as well. And now it's profitable for you because you've, mm-hmm. you've been down that road so you know what it's like to 
be down and out. So right yeah. now, like for somebody who's at home, who is you know down on themselves, they want to yeah. get started but need some some motivation. Like what would you tell that person right now? Well, I would tell somebody who's at a down spot, don't get stuck in the moment. I would tell them like you know at the it might be tough right now, but tomorrow's always a new twenty four. Uh, don't give up on your dreams. You know plan i would tell them to remember it's always light at the end of the tunnel that might sound cliche but in actuality it actually is you know it could be a down day today but a couple good days or a couple good hours you know it could just make everything turn a whole 180 so i would tell them you know it's always light at the end of the tunnel you know and just keep going don't get down on yourself if you need to take breaks off social media, I've done it. Uh, cause social media made me at a point, um, compare myself to everybody. I see fitness people getting big followings and I'm not where I want to be in that field yet. And you start to compare. If you, once you feel yourself doing that, it does nothing but make you more depressed. So log out that social media, spend time with yourself, meditate, and just focus on the goal that you have for you and don't let nobody else, you know, be the result of your change, you know, like do what you want to do for yourself. Now that's definitely uh, some real shit right there. And I, mm-hmm. I actually agree with that. Take a break from social media. I know a lot of people yeah. listen to be like, Trey, we always on Facebook, but it was like, uh, I, I think in 2018, I took like two, like two months off of like social media. And mm-hmm. honestly, those two months I took off really reshaped my whole head where it was just like, I stopped caring what people yeah. was thinking. I was actually living life. And I realized just seeing different people post, especially on Instagram, I feel like. I like Facebook because yeah. I feel like Facebook, you kind of see more of the real people. But on Instagram, you only see like what they want you to see like at their best moments. That's why I barely be on Instagram because I feel like that's like a fake world, you know? So when I stopped mm-hmm. doing that, I actually stopped caring about the likes. I stopped caring about the instant gratification. I, I, I used to remember, I used to post photos. I'd be like, man, I hope I get these these many likes. Like, if I don't get these mm-hmm. many likes, I, I feel like this, this photo's ugly or, you know, I ain't popping right now. And it's crazy how much that can, that, that can consume you and really, mm-hmm. like, warp your mind. Then you got to step back and be like, wow, like, there's actually real life outside of this. Like, all that stuff in there is all fabricated. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back, it was like, I was, I was getting even more love. So it was just like, sometimes, you know, you just have to like let it go for a little bit. The reason yeah. I really be real crazy on my Facebook, I feel like that's where I get like my most like reaction with kind of me posting things about like my, like about what I'm doing in my life. So I do it for a business You're reasons. Sitting in? You the king of Facebook. <laughs> no, nah, nah, like for, I mean, it'd be funny because Facebook to me, like my tester for like, what I talk about on, on my podcast, like if I make a status yeah. and I see a lot of people like talk about, it, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna talk about this on my, on my podcast because to Definitely. me, I feel like there's a lot of conversations people are scared scared to have because they're scared to That's be vulnerable it. and op- open, you know. And I feel like we all have moments where we have doubts and we all have things that we want to talk about, but we scared about what people are gonna say. So if I gotta be that scapegoat, I be that person. Like I don't care whether I look dumb, whether people laugh at the posts I make. I really don't care at this point because I rather put it out there. 
see what people say and go off that reaction. Mm-hmm. That's why podcasting is needed. Exactly. I like to me. I barely that- watch TV. I either be on YouTube watching like a podcast or some radio or something like not radio, mm-hmm. like something like sports related, like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Or I love them, man. Shannon, I don't know. I Skip getting too old, man. Skip losing all these battles now. Like I was with Skip for a little bit, but Shannon, man, he getting too sharp. No pun intended. But uh, yeah, like I, bar. Let go. I'm about to say, I saw a thing where they were talking about uh, whether the Nets was building a team to uh, take out LeBron the other day. And I don't think yeah. so, but but Shannon Sharp killed Skip Bayless where I was like, all right, man. Like, if I was in the room, I probably would have lost that debate too. But mm-hmm. if it's not that, I really don't really care about what's on TV just because I want to know what people really feel. And I feel like when these podcast spaces, people are really showing their real selves. And that's why, like, every that's- time – go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's good. Nah, and, and that's why, like, every time I try to get people that I actually fuck with on here – or if we're doing a podcast, I want to promote it because it's just like there's so many things out there for you. Like I have like podcasts. If I just want to laugh, I go to that podcast. If I want like yeah. like music reviews or like you know get on put on music, I go to like that podcast. I got a podcast for if I, if I want to know what a woman's really thinking about in certain situations, I go to that podcast. So I got a podcast mm-hmm. for different things in my life. Like I don't have yeah. just like one podcast I just go to. Like I told you, I just got on the Gilly the Kid and Wallow podcast last month because I have like a list of people I have to listen to, and it takes me. Yeah. a while to get to some people you know right right most definitely but going get into definitely. that you know you are originally from compton california no nah, i'm from north new jersey so you lied yeah y'all niggas really believe me you know that's niggas but- yo <laughs> yeah, it's funny as hell because yo we was in <laughs> i knew james i think since like middle school and it was funny we was in we was like in a class and they were like right, where you from people were like all right i'm from like new brunswick i'm from new york i'm from philly i'm from compton i was like what this nigga from compton like the only person <laughs> in the class that they was from compton so i used to be like all right i know, I know somebody from compton because i actually do know my one of my brother playing in college was from compton i'm like yo i went to school with somebody from compton but anyway yeah. that's out the way now but you all right so you you would you live most of your life in new jersey now you in california yep. what's the biggest yeah. difference to you support easy you think it's more support in, in west coast yes easily um what I feel, and being from, you know, I've been in New Jersey, like, pretty much my whole life. I've been in California since 2012, 2012. So, I've been here a little bit. New Jersey, we, we were very competitive. And I've learned that and noticed that since I was younger. We so competitive to the point that it feels like at times, and this is not everybody, but this is from the encounters that i had so i don't want to i'm not bashing the hood so what i would say from the counters that i've came across is that they'll help you to a certain extent to a point where they'll help you so you can know what you got to do but they're not going to help you to make you better than them as for here like i've had people Helped me get into, like, that I met on a one-day basis. Like, me seeing somebody train and training myself helped me get into contact with people to train. You know, I don't want to give out everybody's name, but I've trained Trey Songs. I've trained the dude from, I forgot, damn, what's the show? Well, um, the show, I forgot the show name, but I've trained uh, and came across and had conversations with a lot of celebrities Mm. I've been to Jamie Foxx's house. I've been to, uh, I've met Morris Chestnut. You met I've me? Trained. You you met your boy? Okay. I yes, did go I out to you. L.A. one time. I did go out to L.A. one time. I've met, 
I've met Terrell Owens just from being out here in California and being at the right place at the right time around the right su- supportive people. Um, I've met the game, and that was a that. <laughs> speaking of the Compton thing, I set up with the Compton because I was a huge game fan. Me and the game shares the same barber, so I've met the game and told him this exact story. So my whole thing is like California, being that it's so big and it's so like positive in ways, and especially crazy that we're doing this, recording this today. Uh, Nipsey Hussle is the reason that I've really grown to love California because being from the East Coast, you hear nothing but bad. Blood of the Crips, everybody killing each other, blah, blah, blah. And to being and coming out here and actually going to Ground Zero, which is Crenshaw and Slauson, and it's really nothing but people trying to help people. And it's it's just a lot different from the narrative we purvey. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That to me that's I'm kind of shocked to hear that to be honest. But I really? can see it. I can see it cuz mm-hmm. honestly to me, I get the point where you're talking about from the West Coast cuz I feel like a lot of people that go out to the West Coast go out there in mm-hmm. groups so that they friends where they try really trying to make mm-hmm. it. Kind of like that whole mm-hmm. Juco life. Like everybody from New Jersey like who moved to California. I remember y'all telling me y'all was living in houses full of 15 people for like yeah. a for like a, in a four bedroom with 15 people. Y'all each got like air mattresses four on the bedroom. ground. Uh-uh, we had a two-bedroom. <laughs> two-bedroom with, like, 15 dudes in it. It's almost like you have one to bath- kind of help each other out. Yeah. One bath? Mm-hmm. Oh one can- bathroom, bro, and you had to really – it's people from all different walks of the world. Like, I've had crazy story. I lived in a, a two-bedroom apartment with Rashawn, Matt Dash, uh, people from Grand Caucus. People from Florida, people from Philadelphia, all from borough to city, all under one roof, you know, and just make sure rent is paid at the month, uh, you know, on time. And what you have to do being from all these other places, it teaches you to look out for people. So being out there, like, it's a funny story, and I don't want to <laughs> put the person name out there, but somebody from where we from went to school with me uh, in JUCO. And, you know, we from Jersey, so he was out there with an all-red uh, Adidas suit. He hopped off the bus. I wasn't with him at this time, but he got chased home, you know, <laughs> being by himself. But it just shows you, like, hey, man, like, you got to move differently. Like, it got it shows you, like, hey, you might need to get out of your own ways because, like, I feel like sometimes in New Jersey – which is, like, not a bad thing, you know, it's kind of good to walk with confidence, but sometimes we a little – a little too big headed and coming out here to humble you because this is a whole different territory that you not you know really used to and that's probably the same thing moving anywhere like so nah that's true yeah, mm-hmm. and i also feel like when you go to uh california you have to get a hustle behind you as well like every, every, every yeah. person i know went out there like either got some type of business going on whether it was like making like clothing or getting into different av- avenues to make money because this is like the co- yeah. to me honestly the cost of living out there is, is absurd like i don't know how you do it bro like but you gotta have like a forward thinking kind of mind you know Gotta have more than one stream. That's what I'm saying. Stay so up. that's why I say every time I talk, every mm-hmm. person I talk to about in California at least have like two or three different hustles going on. Like, and I'm just like, yeah. is not is that not stressful? It's very stressful. For instance, 
my first, well, my place now is a townhome, and it's twenty two hundred a month. Twenty two hundred a month. And junior, when I first got out here with I, me and Lexi had a, a actually I actually lived with Lexi. She moved out here to Rancho, and she had a one bedroom. That's, that's a lady. No, 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 no. Lexi is um, Alexis Dixon. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Yeah, okay. so that's my best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alexis Dixon is my best friend. So I moved, she moved out, Um, she lived in Rancho in a one-bedroom that was 1900 a month. And it was probably about 550 feet, just the cost of living in California. Like, you're living in a, in like a closet on the low. You're paying almost two thousand in anniversary, which is every year. <laughs> that means your rent is going to go up like an extra four hundred. And California has hell? fees. Yeah, it's, it has fees and a lot of fees. California to me is the land of the fees, and it's always going to be something else that they're going to be looking for you to pay. You got to pay trash. You got to pay recycling. You gotta pay to the annual um fee for the lawn to be kept around your apartment complex. Like they always looking for something for you to pay extra for. And I can't wait to leave. But so do you think you're hey, gonna stay out in California? how long how much longer do you think you can stay in California? I got a year. That's it. Do you know where I'm your on. next uh place is gonna be at? Yes, sir. Well, it's two. Is it going to be down south, Midwest? Yes, it's going to be south, both south. I wanted to move to Dallas or I want to move to Atlanta, Georgia. I about to say, you know, I, you know, I say in Dallas, bro. I mean. Watts trying to get me to go down there. Yeah, so I be talking to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't talk to Watts like that, but I've seen him like twice. I actually seen Matt on my birthday last, not this year, but the previous year. Cause yeah. I was, cause like Watts was, he was out here. I texted mm-hmm. him. I was like, yo, come out to my homeboy uh, crib. Like we having a pool party and whatever. Yeah. And he said, I right, yeah. bet. So he came through. All I seen, I, I seen somebody, but I ain't know. You know how you kind of see somebody, but you don't really like it'll all come together. And it was Matt, and I was like, "Yo, he's like, yo, what's good, bro?" I was like, Matt Dash, like I haven't seen Matt in. Oh, like, he's down there too. Yeah, he he stays right by my my boy uh, parents' crib is at, and mm. I haven't seen Matt since 2011, bro. Like yeah. so. When I seen him, I was just like, damn. And, yo, we chopped it up, man. Like, it was mad cool. It was a good, like, experience. Like, I'm mad I ain't really hit him up like that. But I don't know. Deshaun, man, he be with his uh, lady all the time, yo. He be yeah. he be on her time. So, I don't want to want to intrude on that. <laughs> well, she from L.A. too, so. <laughs> hey, it all works out. But, yeah, Deshaun out here, he be hanging out with uh, Matt. And he doing real good for himself, man. Yeah. I didn't know you were still in contact with all these people. Yeah. Yeah, I tried my best. Well, I've done before more than now, but you know, I, I always, you know, I'm, I'm a people person. I love to, um, you know, just check on everybody, make sure everybody's doing well, you know. But I don't do it as much anymore. But Watts hits me up all the time and tells me to fly out there. You know, like he got, he brags about his, he got guest rooms, so he's like he's doing real good for himself. So. You want me to come out there and, you know, just see how it is to live out there because I've been telling them I'm trying to move out there uh, within the next year or so. 
it was funny because like when Watts hit me up, I was like, "Yo, bro, can I have like my party at your crib? I have like I live in an apartment, right?" And he was mm-hmm. like, "Well, you cool?" But he said, "I don't really know your niggas like that, so I don't know." I was like, "Damn, why? <laughs> you think you think I, I hang up with some shicey ass niggas?" Like, but I understood it though. He talking about Watts, lady and all of that. that. Nah, I definitely understand. See, Watts, living with Watts, I live with Watts in junior college, and that is the mo- like. Watts is no lie. He's Terry Crews from Everybody Hates Chris. That's Watts. That is Watts. Like Watts. <laughs> Count every every decibel of electricity. Uh, Watts made his damn. <laughs> he made himself a fort <laughs> in the apartment. <laughs> like so, we. If you listen to uh, Gilly and Wallow, they call uh, Wallow a living room warrior. Me and Watts was a living room warrior. It was me, Watts, Lip, and probably like three other people living in the living room. Watts got. Uh, a box spring and a regular bed and like pinned his sheets to the wall and made himself like a little teepee house. <laughs> and like you would have to crawl in to his little place to <laughs> you would have to knock on his box spring for him to like come out his sheet. Like this man is a creative dude. Like <laughs> This is creative guy right here. Yo, since day one, that's that's funny. Like I remember, for like a, I ain't gonna lie, in college, I, I, I lived in some crazy places in college. But I, I remember one time, I was I was a living room warrior for a year. I went to one of my yeah. homeboys uh, graduate, so I get his spot. But I was in the living room for a long ass time, and I mm-hmm. honestly, that's like the work. Well, I don't, I already know I was working with fifteen niggas. But at mine, it was the worst because, you know, you have everybody coming through the living room, coming down the stairs. Oh. Like, I remember one time we had a BB war. Yo, these niggas mm. climbed through the window. I was asleep. They lit my ass. I wasn't even part of the war. I just got my ass <laughs> lit up. And it was just, like, crazy. I was like, yo, I need to get my own room with my own lock. Like, this is not it. This is not it at all. But, nah, it, it, it humbles you. You know what I mean? It makes you appreciate shit more when you do get it. And one Dang. thing I want to say about that is I feel like a lot of times guys do better for themselves when they find themselves a good woman. Like, I see Watts, he got, like, a, a good woman. I see you have a good woman. So, can you, like, tell me how y'all met, you and your lady? Okay, so let me break it down to you. So, me, you know me being the jack of all trades, you know Okay, you know, I was- okay. Grooving down the street. So now that's not how I met her. I wish. But how I met her, so junior college, I moved out here to, um, well, I was, mm, well, when I got to junior college, well, after Lexi left, I was, I was moving around. You know, we could talk about this on your podcast. You know, this is a real dope uh, audience. That was my whole phase. Okay. So junior college was my whole phase, you know, uh, so I was just, you know, experiencing uh, different women. I wasn't ready to settle down. And at that point, I was going through, like, probably like a, a hurt, like a real pain, like, in a previous relationship that I had. And, nothing like you know, getting over your hurt by using your dick. Ain't nothing like that. <laughs> Hello. So I'm sitting there, and, uh, you know, I was just enjoying life out here in junior college, just living, not going to class at times in Hollywood, L.A., then my last day out here, I was on, um, we was in a group message in my junior college and it was talking about some app and it was called Soul Swipe. Funny as hell. So, Soul Swipe. I've never uh, done it. Uh, yeah. I know <laughs> that shit never, never worked for app. me. Go ahead. So listen, so it never worked for me until her. So I never did it. You know, I was swiping because I'm, I'm bougie when it comes to picking the woman that I like. Like, you have to be a particular woman. So I'm swiping left on everybody. 
no, 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 to the point where it's like saying it's no more women in your area. <laughs> so I'm like, damn, I've been on here too damn long. So, you know, I saw her and I swiped right and it was a match. I said, oh, shit. How this what, what I'm supposed to do now? So, <laughs> I you know I, I shot my shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's up? You know I'm from from Jersey. You know they love that out here. Like when you tell them you from That's Jersey or New York City, yeah, no, no, no. It's not even different places. They just love Jersey or New York. So when you tell me you from one of them places, they ask you. So I told her, yeah, I'm from Jersey. You know what I'm saying I'm not from out here. Um, I'm about to move though, but we can see where it go. You know, because at that point, I wasn't thinking I was about to settle down or nothing like that. So that's right. Me and her contacting and whatnot. I moved back home for like probably like six months. And we've been talking the whole time. The whole time, I respected her because she wasn't easy. Like a, a woman I may have dealt with in the past, like especially when I was going through my phase, she wasn't easy. I, she didn't give me her number. She said, you're going to have to write me on Snapchat. She said, I'm getting off of this. At, uh, I think you should do the same because obviously we're interested in one another. So she, we got, I got off the app. You know, I had to write her on Snapchat for a year. Um, Yo. <laughs> yeah. I had to write her on Snapchat for a year, bro. And I got her number. She finally gave me her number. She was like, all right, you earned my number. So here oh, it is. Oh, nah, bro. Yeah, she had to be. Yeah. Okay, she had to become yeah. different so, then for all of that. Yeah, so what happened was what I really was attracted to, this was like the first time in my life I've talked to a woman that challenged me because I was usually used to, you know, getting the number right then and there and starting the convo and, you know, just texting when I want, blah, blah, blah. It was like she was like, in a way, putting that pressure on me where it was like, all right, you got to grow up because I'm not here for no games. So I grown meet, woman. Yeah. So I couldn't meet none of her family. I didn't get this, even though her little sister found me. So her little sister was like one of them overprotective little sisters. Like, Hey, if you mess with my sister, blah, 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 you know, I'm off you type of stuff. Damn. So she, yeah, her, her little sister, but her little sister is like my best friend now. So she was like, Getting back to her, she was like, you're not about to play with me. You're going to earn everything here. Okay. And me being a hard worker, I like that. So I was like, all right, cool. We we talking and everything. My first time seeing her in person was I started writing her. I want to say it was actually it was it was funny because it was Jay-Z's birthday in 2016. That's when I first started writing her. It was December. Uh, no, it was November 2016. December, she gave me the Snapchat. A year after, I saw her the first time in July of 2017. That was my first time seeing her in person. I flew out to Cali, came to see her, and I only got to see her. <laughs> I flew all the way to Cali for a weekend. I got to see her for five minutes. She left again. She was like, okay, well, it was nice to see you and all that stuff. Gave me a hug. She dipped. Hopped on my plane. I booked my flight on the plane to come back the next month came back the next month to cali met her again i had to go to church with her because she was really in the church and all that stuff i met her siblings you know i was that she was like um you're not going to meet my parents until we're together 
So I left, asked her out August uh, 15th of 2017. And y'all wasn't even living in the same state yet. Y'all was still just flying to see each other. Yeah. She didn't come see me yet. So I was just coming to see her. You know, so I'm like, work for it. Ooh. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm a sucker. Like, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm out here <laughs> catching flights, getting rentals, getting hotels to see her for five minutes. You know, I didn't get the, I didn't get no type of action, no nothing. It was like, uh, hey, hug. She wouldn't, we didn't, I didn't get a kiss or nothing. Boom. She flew, I was in Atlanta at my school and she came out there because her sister had a wedding to be to. So instead of flying home, I made uh, Jordan and Kadeem come and get me. So I made them drive from Jersey to Atlanta to get me because I wanted to make sure I saw her. I got to see her again for five minutes. Then I left and went to New Jersey. Came back to see her again, Valentine's Day of 2018. And then that's when everything started kicking off. And then I got to meet her parents. Her parents loved me. Everything just started kicking off. She, her first time flying to Jersey was uh, actually my birthday of 2019. My birthday of 2019, her first time flying to Jersey, her first time me and my people and whatnot. And that was two years after we've been together. So, so more so, of the story is... So, did she tell you... A woman that, uh-huh. Real quick, did she tell you what she was yeah. thinking during that two-year span of y'all doing that? After y'all got official, yeah. official? Mm-hmm. She thought that she thought I was messing around with other girls, and that was one. And two, she didn't think I was gonna last that long because she was used to guys. Hey, if you're not gonna give me something right now, I'm out. So she was she wasn't expecting me to wait around, but at the same time, she knew what she was worth is what she said, and she knew that. If I really wanted to be with her, then I'm going to follow her route. Started off because at the end of the day, she was like, you know, she's one of them. You know, I'm a woman. I'm not a little ass girl. So, and she's older than me by a year. So, she that was my first time dating a woman that was older than me. So it was it was just a challenge, and yeah, it was tough. So I one thing is I respect that, but. Do you think that could ever work on the other way around? I don't. Oh hell no! Oh hell no! <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that wouldn't work the other way around because not to be. Uh, I don't want to be sexist, ladies. I'm sorry, but I feel like it's. In my opinion, I've always felt like it's more easy for women to get attention from the male than the male to get more attention from the woman. So if I would have been making her wait, you know, it could have been. Somebody could have backdoored me easy and caught her attention in her hometown. You know, that was my whole thing. Like, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, talking to her on the daily. We're not even in the same state. Like, I can't even drive you three hours behind me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it was difficult to me because it was put in. Because, like I told you, at that point, I just got over something that I felt like I wasn't going to talk to nobody ever again. Like, I was single for three years before I talked to her. So I was like, you know what? I'm just chilling, doing my own thing and whatnot. But what I think that would have worked the same way if I would have told her, oh, you got to fly to me, 
or you got to wait and you not getting my number, that wouldn't have worked, bro. Like, not at all. Double standard, so, ladies. Just know what double standards in this dating game. Y'all y'all hold all the cards if y'all really worth it. They do. And when a male will really win, when you really will win as a male is when you understand that. Like, as much as you think you the... It's cool to be the alpha male and all that stuff, but most of the successful males that I've heard, like, speak, like, if you... I listen to a podcast um called... um with DeVal and Kadeem. I don't know if you know them. The past episode, he brought up a, they brought up an analogy. It's like the male is the driver. Yeah, like I'm a driver. It's wherever we got to go. That woman is the GPS. That woman, in a way, is that direction. Like she's going to make us go the right way. All right, we got to turn this way. Yeah, you're driving. We're going to go full speed ahead. But the woman is going to show you how to hit the corners and whatnot. And once a male, in my opinion, understands that and gets out that way of thinking that you know it's a man's world <laughs> it'll be a lot smoother and a lot less stress that's what i learned okay so how does she make you better i can start with my fitness she's my nutritionist <laughs> like she does the she looks at the small details take more of this and less of that uh she makes me better by you know me i used to get I was, I didn't know how to handle conflict. My only way to handle conflict at a younger age was to use my hand. I wanted to fight. That was it. I wasn't trying to, I'm not talking. I'm I'm, I'm not talking nothing out. I wasn't good at conflict resolution. I wanted to fight to get over, like to get over stuff. I used to just want to fight. She gave me a different way of looking at situations. Like, okay, you don't got to get mad at that. Like, somebody might do something mad at the grocery store and I just jump straight to, you know, defensive mode and want to fight. Instead, being patient, that's one thing she helped me. Another thing she helped me with, being patient and, you know, talking things through instead of being so quick to, you know, react. Like, a woman is just like, I don't know if it's just like the woman's, like, sense of touch or just the woman's sense of, like, the words they use. Like, it's always good to have a little bit of gentleness. And that's where I would say that that she taught me because I was a rough dude for a long time. And I never, that's why I used to think that my relationships in the past didn't work because I was just, I would get angry, you know, and not want to talk and storm off and not hit you back. And I just realized I wasn't the right way to, as an adult, go about things. And she helped me with that. Yo, that's that's dope, man. Cause I do feel like a, a good woman mm-hmm. will make any man become the best version of himself. And, yeah. and, uh, and the fact that you can admit that she did all that stuff for you is really amazing, bro. But yeah. uh, all right, let's get off this lovey-dovey thing. I want to do one more topic Please, before, I let you, before I let you go. I need to go. know. Uh-huh. Who would you choose between Biggie and Tupac? Who was a better Tupac. rapper? What, what 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 what? Tupac, easy. You smoking? I don't crack, know why bro. you asking. Why are you smoking? Because I I've been posting these things and you've been picking the Tupac. wrong column, bro. I want to know why. How is Tupac, Tupac a better rapper than Biggie? He has more music than Biggie. One. He rapping um, before Biggie, two, okay? And Tupac passed before Big. Tupac has so much music at the age of twenty five. This so, man was. This why I say. Go ahead. 
Go ahead. I want you to do I want you to do your yeah, I want you to do yours and I'm gonna just I'm gonna go with mine. I want you to say everything you want to say about Tupac real quick. Go ahead. You ain't gonna like this, but Tupac is better lyrically <laughs> to me. Tupac is better lyrically to me. Tupac has better songs to me. Uh Biggie to me, no disrespect, God bless the dead. Biggie's in my top five of all time. But growing up, my dad, my mom, I wasn't really with with Biggie, it was all Tupac. So hearing that from a child and hearing the stuff, like Tupac is a real dude. Like one of my favorite songs is probably Holla At Me. It's just like, it seemed like a real conversation that you have with like one of your friends. <laughs> he really just said, gotta be careful, can't let the evil or the money catch me. And if you see me, nigga, you better holla at me. Like that's just simple. You put that in a song and you made that song hard. Like, it's like, damn, you got some bullshit going on. <laughs> Holla at me, nigga. It's like, I fuck with that. Like, Tupac got more of the songs that I can relate to. Like, Biggie, yeah, Biggie has a great flow. Don't get me wrong. But if it was, they both were alive right now. If you ask me, and you, I don't know if your followers might agree with me or not, I feel like if Tupac and Biggie were alive right now, Tupac would be Jay-Z, in my opinion. Tupac would be Jay-Z right now because of he's seen 10 moves ahead of everybody else at 25. They, uh, Jay-Z's 50-plus right now, and he's seeing these things now. Tupac's seen the real shit. He's seen what the world needed. He talked about a black president at 20 that uh that song was at 24 i wasn't thinking like that at 24 his mind is way more advanced than biggie and that's why i will always like it will never be like it's my top five and rappers change a lot but that number one spot always stays the same and it's always gonna be tupac can i go now Explore you Please go ahead. All right, all right. Put that crack pipe down, man. You smoking it too hard right now. First of all, <laughs> Tupac's first album came out what ninety one, mm-hmm. and Biggie's first album came out what ninety five, ninety five, ninety. I think ninety five, ninety six. I don't know, ninety five, ninety six. Yeah. Either, either or that, you know. But regardless, Tupac wins in the game for four years longer than uh, Biggie. What I will say mm-hmm. that Tupac did was good is he was a machine when it comes to producing music. But what I don't like yep. about Tupac is I feel like none of us really knew who Tupac really was. I feel like first he wanted to be an what? activist. I feel like first he wanted to be an activist. Then he wanted to be okay. a thug. Then he wanted to be like, you know, oh, uh, like like a compassionate person. To me, I feel like he was just all over the place with his music. I liked his music better when he first dropped. Like when Brenda had a baby, his first two albums. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. his stuff later on when it came to the whole, uh, what was the thing called again? Uh, his last two albums, Me Against the World and all that type of stuff. I feel like oh, yeah. it was too it was too West Coast influenced. Mind you, he had bangers on there, but both of those albums mm-hmm. had pretty much the dog pound Snoop Dogg almost on every other track. It wasn't just Tupac on the, on the album. That's why I feel like those two albums are kind of a cheat code. But Biggie two albums by himself, he might have had two or three songs with R&B artists on there or maybe one of his little homies, but each album... It was literally Biggie that's spitting the best shit in the world. And Biggie, the only person I know who can do an R&B track justice. He can go on R&B tracks. He can flow on anything. Tupac, you need a specific kind of beat for Tupac. I don't think Tupac is that versatile when it comes to, you know, floating on different things. If you want to talk about lyrics or maybe you're talking about who had deeper meaning in their music, I will say it was Tupac. I give, I give you that. But when it comes to this lyrics of putting words together, Biggie's beating them every time, dog. I'm sorry. 
Okay. To me personally. You talked about features. You talked about features, right? Mm-hmm. Tupac had the dog pound on every other track, right? Yeah. One of two five one of Biggie Smalls' first I want to say second album, right? These are the features he has on here. R. Yeah. Kelly. Okay. R and B artist, go ahead. Okay. Jay Z Mace Puffy. That's just like Dog Pound. Come on, you can't put Puffy on there, bro. Listen, listen, listen. One twelve cheat code back then. Too short cheat code back then. DMC, I'm not gonna give you that. But that's some hard features. Compared to pop, and and half of those niggas were uh-huh. young niggas. He was putting on, he was putting on the locks, he was putting on Mace, he was putting on people long. He was putting on Jay Z. Jay Z was Biggie look like little bro back then. Jay Z yeah. was a popping. I don't care what you say. At that point in time, Tupac, Tupac and Snoop Dogg was on the same level back then. Even, but what I think people get confused about Tupac is if you ask me who's the bigger star, who had bigger star power, it's Tupac. Oh, that's Tupac. Yeah. I mean, come come on now. Tupac was doing movies. He was doing music. He was doing social activism stuff. Like, I'll give Tupac that. And you said, if if I was to think right now who will be on top when it comes to the music industry, I think it will be Biggie. But if, I, if you ask me who I think will be on top when it comes to just being pretty Biggie. much like a legendary on all aspects, I would give it to Tupac. I feel like Tupac probably would have went the, the movie route by now. He would have been like the yeah, rock or some so. shit. He would have been like the rock or something like that. Would he still have he his... Will he still have like his hand in, in music here and there? Yeah, but I feel like he would have went on to either something political or he probably would have did something movie related. Cause I don't think Tupac liked music, but I don't feel like his heart was ever really fully into it. I feel like it was a way he could express himself where people could really like listen to him. But I feel like when he did his movie roles, those were the times where I feel like he really put his passion into the shit like that. Now I don't want it to get a point where I say I don't think Tupac is like you know top five or I don't know who yeah. number one is. But all I know is. Tupac don't have one album better than Ready to Die. You're Ready crazy. To die. He don't have one album better than You're that. You're crazy. He don't. You are crazy. Are you crazy? He don't. What album that he has that's better than Ready to Die? Do you know what All Eyes on Me is? What album, like I said, James, is better than Ready to Die? Like, there's no album. All, I, I, can, listen, I, can, I can skip some songs to his album on All Eyes on Me and be fine with it. When it comes to Biggie albums, I don't skip tracks, dog. I, I just okay, don't. Okay, give me your top five songs. Well, check this. Give me your top five songs on Ready to Die, and I'm going to match it up from top five songs from All Eyes on Me. You really, you really trying to do this right now? I'm really I, I have my. I'm looking at the track list right now. So you give me your top five. Right. Matter of fact, go. We're gonna go one for one. All right, all right, all right. We'll go one for one. Yeah. So all you right. go one, then I go. All right. Bet it up. Give me one second. Okay. You, you really, you really, you really trying me. And are, are we, are we doing no features, right? We doing no. All right. Hold on, bro. No features. All right. We can do no features. G- give me the loot. Ambitious is around. All right. You gonna go with his best one on there? All right. One oh, more chance. Good. One more chance. One more chance. To me, I'm gonna go holler at me. Nah. One more chance. Got that. Come on out. All right, suicidal thoughts. That's tough. Suicidal thoughts. That's a good one. I probably go. I probably go. No more pain. Juicy. That's a cheat code, bro. Cause no, you we be doing top five. No, I'm giving you my the top five. That's a cheat code. All right, you said juicy, right? Yeah. Juicy is like a like a like a real life song. I probably go. Life goes on. All right, and the last one I would say would be warning. Oh, that's 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 the easy one to beat. Uh, I'm gonna go. Can't see me. All right, so if, if y'all listen to this, I want y'all to go his five versus my five. 
And I want y'all, I'm going I'm to put this list on my posts on Monday, too. I want y'all to mm-hmm. go through this and tell me who had the better five. Because I'm not going to say mine's better. Maybe I like to listen to other people's opinions. I'm not going to go for just my opinion. So I want to hear mm-hmm. what y'all think. We're going to put these side by side. I'm, I'm going to put them in order how we put them, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let the people decide which one is a better track list out of, out of those first two albums. Or, or basically, are basically the, the best versus? two albums. Huh? Are you a fan of the Versus? Yeah, no. It depends on who's doing the verse. Okay, if Tupac and Biggie was to do a versus, who wins? Who would win to me? Who I think would win overall? Uh, to you, to you, it's me and you talking. If it came out to me, I'm definitely going Biggie. But I feel like Tupac will win on a grander scale. Like I, can, I, I could, I could, I can admit Tupac will win on a grander scale just because I feel like people are more enamored by a uh, Tupac. You know what I'm saying? For me, I feel like Biggie mm-hmm. was as big on the East Coast. But I feel like like Big Biggie was big on the East Coast. Some people down south like Biggie. But I feel like when it comes to West Coast, Midwest, South, and East Coast, I think Tupac mm-hmm. just got it off of his name. But while I think when it comes to musicality, I feel like mm-hmm. it's easy to get great albums when you get some of the best producers from East Coast, like I'm about to say Tupac started on the East Coast. Then he went over yeah. to Dr. Dre, who was like the legend of legends. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? Like he had a different kind of flow to it. But to me, what what Puffy and Bad Boy was doing in the mid '90s when it came to yeah. R&B tracks, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, like to me that was like when hip hop was his best when R&B and hip hop came together. Not that Drake shit. Not the rappers. What's your favorite, sing- era, what's your favorite era of hip hop? If I had to say throughout for years, I would say probably '96 to '02. Okay, that's a good. That's some good years. Because I'm about to say I like that transition. I like where music was going to that point. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, my favorite artist ain't come to '03, which is Kanye West. But okay, next question I have for you. Oh, uh, my favorite artist? Nah, your top five. I can't even say, bro. It's so many no? people. It's so many people. All I can tell you is the people who I can tell you my. I can only say two people that's right now that okay. I would say is in my top. And that will okay. be Biggie. Mm-hmm. And that will be Kanye West. I know people, a lot of people say Kanye West is not a rapper. But to me, what Kanye West did for me when it comes to hip-hop is Legendary. way different. You know what I'm saying? It's just different. Mm-hmm. And uh, and remember, that's the reason I can't give a top five right now because my yeah. list always change. But I know two people who don't change in my list. Like, some, because I ain't gonna lie, yo. Like, people might look at me crazy, yo. I'm like a big Ludacris fan. Like, Ludacris, like, in my top, like, 15. He might be a little bit really? higher. Yeah, I'm about to say, Ludacris in my top 15. People be sleeping on Ludacris. To me, people be sleeping on Redman. Like, I'm a big Redman fan. Uh, I'm about to say, like, it's crazy, because I'm about to say, Redman inspired Eminem, which is, like, most people's favorite rappers, like, I guess, like, from back in that day. But Redman, mm-hmm. but Eminem stole Redman whole flow. Like, I, I give people who I feel like needs more recognition. I'm going to tell you people who I think who need more recognition. Busta Rhymes need more recognition. I feel like... I don't think... I think Eminem took Cameron early flow, too. He said he was inspired by Redman, but I... But it's just crazy how much you, Eminem was like a parody rapper. Like he he had different personas for different things. Yeah, and that's what I kind of think. I wouldn't say Kendrick Lamar a parody rapper, but Kendrick Lamar has like different personas for different flows. I feel like when he comes to like my top whatever whatever, it has to go f- for the generation is for. Because if you tell me who's mm-hmm. in my, who's like right now who's my who my top, it would definitely be oh, yeah. J-, J Cole Kendrick. Okay. Okay. Even though I don't want to say Drake is Drake, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't want to say Drake, but I cannot say it's not Drake. Like Drake is definitely yeah. 
put his foot in the game where it's to the point where I can't even like say anything about it. Like he he good, but to the fact that I personally feel that if Drake was dark skinned, he wouldn't be as popular though. <laughs> I'm just I'm just being I'm just being for real, and and this is the thing about this and this thing about the black community. Yeah, we're the hardest judging when it comes to you rapping, Man. but once we put you on, it's like it's the gates yeah. is open. Like Eminem, yeah. like all Eminem had to do was be a good rapper towards a black culture. He already would have had the mm-hmm. white culture on lock. He already would have had like all the other people on lock. But all he had to do was get yeah. into to, into the door with us, and he will. And the gates are open for him. Rather than if you're a black artist. Like you can be popular with the black culture, but I don't mean you're gonna be yeah. marketable for the white people, for people that are Spanish, this, that, and the third. That's why I say like, if Drake was like, say, Kendrick Lamar complexion, do I think he will be as popular as he is right now? No, but I think since mm. he is, I think I, I think Drake is a, is a, is a nice looking gentleman. He has that look he's where fair. it's mar- where it's where it's marketable. Like if we talk a business wise, yeah. he's marketable, and he has a type of uh, he has a type of uh, look that will appeal to any to any culture. Mm-hmm. Like this nigga, this nigga have a, a Toronto accent when he want to. Like, <laughs> like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like he has it when he want to. He can definitely he can spit, switch he can switch up to Spanish. He can he already popular in the black group. White people love this motherfucker, so he already yeah. a, a made man. But like I said, I can't take that away from him. Like, cause he 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 won with us. Cause we we, we was hard on his ass when he first came out. The boy from De- mm-hmm. from Degrassi, wheelchair Jimmy. I remember uh, what's his name? Yeah. The person that first put me on was I don't remember. Remember Daryl Williams? He was in middle school. Oh, the quiet one with the dreads, with the braids. Yeah, yeah. He told me in seventh grade, he was like, yo, Drake is hot. Yo, he won't be next up. And I was like, nigga, what? I was like, first (laughs) of all, Daryl, you never talk for real. Second of all, I was like, (laughs) second of all, I was like, bro, Wheelchair Jimmy is not going to be the hottest rapper out. Literally two years later when he drops like So Far Gone, I was like, yo, Daryl was on some shit. Like, I, I didn't see it. And he just popped. But that's a whole other conversation for another story. But Drake... He's on the list, but if he was different, if he was if he was a darker skin tone, I don't think he'd be as popping though. Who else is who? I, who else do I think is like you know on on? I mean, there's a lot of niggas I like, but they're not on on yet, yo. Like when you talk about superstar level, there's a lot of people that's not doing it. I mean, I guess you could say little baby, but I'm not a little baby fan though. But he Me definitely, neither. but he definitely on that level. Uh, Dirk is cool. I've never been on Dirk, yo. Like <laughs> really, yo. It's funny, yo. I learned Dirk. Now go ahead. I got I got on Dirk early, just like I got on Meek early in middle school. I was Everybody was on Meek. Meek. We always on Meek back then, though. That's why. No, 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 no. Not, not, not in the beginning. In the beginning, people was on Reed Dollars. You remember? It, it, it was Reed Dollars. It was you either Reed Dollars, Joey Jahad, or Meek Mill. But Reed Dollars mm-hmm. was the first one up. Though. I ain't gonna lie, yeah. Yeah, and everybody was sitting spitting that daggone freestyle every damn day. That shit was you know, hard. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard. But what I would say is, Dirk, I was on Dirk like when Chief Keith was at his high. And I always told people, Dirk is going to be it. Even though I feel like a lot of these young people should really credit Chief Keith, but I don't like Chief Keith because he dissed Jersey. But that's another story. That's what I'm but, saying. Um, Yo, I was in, I'll be in a party. They were like, well, shooting New Jersey. I'm like, All right, I hate nah, it. Y'all, 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 All right. crazy. Relax. That's what I would say with that. But Dirk, I've always felt like Dirk just got better every year. Every year he just keeps getting better. And that's what you want to see from an artist. But if I had to throw my little five in for my artist, my top five of all time is Pop, Big is two, Nas is three, Jay is four, and my five is a tie. 
end. And that's between X and Kanye. That's my top five. Okay, so think about five, that's that's yeah, a go good ahead. ass list. So my thing about Nas is to me, I think oh, Nas no. got I think Nas got one of the best albums of all time with his first album. Illmatic. Illmatic is one of my favorite like hip hop albums of all time. But the thing with Nas is it's just like out of all, everybody sitting that list, he's the least. Well, I guess you could say DMX at least consistent. But to me, Nas, when it comes to actually making like full albums, he was at least consistent. I feel like he made great albums throughout his whole career, but he had some misses. You know what I'm saying? Well, I guess every artist has some misses, but to me, mm-hmm. Nas came out. I ain't gonna lie. What's what's the album we had with that green dress? With the green dress on it? What was it called again? Um, uh, uh, with uh, shoot, I think that was the end album. Nah, well, it was supposed it was, to be the bigger album. Yeah, but I forgot. It wasn't. That album, I ain't gonna no, lie. No, life is good. Life, life is, is good. good. Life is life good. Is good. Life is good actually with like is one of my other favorite albums by by Nas. But it took like ten years for that shit to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like it took like ten yeah. years for that shit to happen. And to me, I feel like even though I think Nas beat Jay Z in the whole scope of that whole like battle when it was in that moment, I feel like he lost the war and I feel like that kinda like really fucked him over, like <laughs> in the long game. Like when it came to business wise. But I think he's coming back now. He's got a Grammy for his uh last uh, album, uh, King's Disease, which is congrats to you, Nah. You deserve about that time. shit. Like for real. He about, like he really do deserve that shit. Oh, this is a good question I got for you. Yeah. Being a big Kanye fan, mm-hmm. right? How did you feel about Nasir? Nasir? Yeah, Nasir, the uh album of Nas's that Kanye produced. Oh yeah, I know I know exactly. I, I ain't like it. I like one song off it. And that's the thing with Kanye West is it's like I had this argument with somebody the other day where they were just like, dude, don't you think Kanye West is act like he's bigger than what he really is? Like how he mm. did that whole seven summers thing where it was like he told Tiana Taylor on I'll make each one of y'all like like seven album tracks, but I'ma mm-hmm. do it all in one summer pretty much. Yeah. He did that to prove a point where it was like they don't consider it an album now unless it's seven tracks and it has to be these many minutes long. So he's like, Why why work harder? Why don't we work smarter kind of thing? And I feel like he does mm-hmm. these kind of test things. And I feel like just because of Kanye West, people be like, All right, I trust you. Now do I think everything Kanye West do is, is that he touches turn to gold? No. <laughs> I don't think that. But I think for the most part, for his whole career, if it's 8 out of 10, he, he had 8 home runs out of 10. Some people do fall off her. I don't think Nazir album was good that he did. I don't think the way he did for Tiana Taylor was that good either. And she said mm. that too. You know what I'm saying? But this man is trying to... No, go ahead. I feel like he's not in music mode like how he used to be in music mode. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like some yeah. of Kanye West's best beats was from, ni- I feel like some of his best produced tracks were from, from like 98 to like 2010. I feel like out of 2010, mm. he hasn't really been all into his music. I feel like he's been more into this whole clothing designer thing. He's trying to get mm-hmm. different kind of bags. And that yeah. goes into like, what I was going to ask you a little bit earlier. Like to me, I feel, I feel like it's hard to multitask. You know what I'm saying? But for him to Very. do it at such a high level, it has to be mm-hmm. taxing. It has to be taxing. So oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think he's going to, like, you know, do everything well. But I don't really judge Kanye West off the music he does for other people right now. Like, I feel like his yeah. best, I feel like he gave all his best tracks to Jay Z. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. That's a, that's a fact. Like, he gave all his best tracks. To, that's the reason why I don't like Jay Z. Okay. Really? So, oh, as an artist, as an artist, I like Jay Z. As a person, mm-hmm. I don't like Jay Z. Why? If you listen to everybody talk about Jay-Z, nobody talk about Jay-Z as a personal level in a positive light. They all say he the same way. He is snake or like he all about business, like he all about himself. Mm -hmm. This, that, and the third. And I'm sorry. I I used to think that Dame Dash is crazy, 
But yo, if eight people say say the same thing about you, yeah, I, I gotta put that in consideration because people don't I know that exactly. People don't know that like Kanye West was trying to be like was trying to. Okay, so these I, I have a beef with him and Kanye. So people don't know hmm. that uh, Kanye was trying to like become a rapper in '98, but Jay Z was like, really? nah, he, yeah, they were like, nah, son, you need to like you know stick to the beats kind of thing, like pretty much telling Kanye West like play your position, play your role. And it took until like about 2001 after his car crash where Dame Dash was like, man, just put the money in yourself, man. Like just do it, do it your own way. And that's when he dropped a college dropout and threw the wire and all that with his own money. And that shit blew up because he put it out himself. He didn't go off of Jay-Z. He just put it out on out himself after Dame Dash was like, yo, you should bet on yourself kind of thing. And that's when Kanye West started getting that mentality like, hey, become the best rapper ever kind of kind of mentality. That's the Kanye West I always see when I think of Kanye West. I don't see this Kanye West now. I see that 03, 01 Kanye West every time I think about him pretty much. Mm-hmm. Kanye so, actually addressed that too. Say it again? On uh, last call. He addressed that on last call. Exactly. So I feel like say if mm-hmm. say if O three and O five was Kanye's best years, right? And those mm-hmm. are pretty much all bars he had from ninety eight. Imagine if Kanye West was started in ninety eight, yo. Like for real. Yeah. Like imagine how much point. hard shit he would have had back when he was young, back when he was like still had some Chicago in him. It would have been so much more good music we could have had, but we was robbed of it because Jay-Z, I wouldn't say he was threatened by Kanye West, but pretty much he was saying, like, nah, folks don't give me these hot beats and don't try to, like, you know, pursue your own kind of kind of goal. He was like, just, make, just be happy you part of what you part of the rock, pretty much. And he didn't even get the yeah. rock chain until 03, which was crazy. Yeah. And the reason I don't like uh, Kanye West, because he, he, Kanye West chose Jay-Z over Dame Dash as a business decision, yeah. even though he yeah. said Dame Dash was the one that believed in him. Mm. So it's, to me, it's kind of like I, I'm real big on loyalty, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so I can look, I can look at both sides and be like, yo, like even Kanye West said he was fucked up for doing that, but at least Kanye West admit that he was fucked up for doing it. I have never seen Jay Z apologize, <laughs> mm. and he never will. Cause why would he? He a billionaire. Like you, yeah. you have to be cutthroat on his business. But I don't like how Jay Z did business. Cause my thing is, is this: Biggie took you under his wing and put you on to say, you know, do your thing. Same thing with mm-hmm. DMX and all of that, and you and you took the ball and you ran you ran with it for a, a good for a good minute. But when other young motherfuckers try to come up, you like all right, play your position. Talking about some Memphis bleak the next up. Come on now, nigga, Memphis. <laughs> Stop it. Stop yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a lot of people that Jay Z held back, and even Gilly. The, yeah. I know you say you don't like Gilly the Kid. Gilly the Kid oh, said I, like. I Gilly the Kid <laughs> said like Jay Z stopped a lot of people's careers in the front of the beginning. Like if he ain't like you, he was he he like he was like all right, we like nah, we we don't push this person shit kind of thing. He had Jay Z been had like had a lot of power, and that's yeah, and that's he told man. Gilly take your heart for you. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Gilly's still mad about that shit. But it's just like to yeah. me, like Jay Z, when it comes to his music, I will say Jay Z the goat just off of longevity, because there's no way you could be that good for four decades. Like he been putting out hits for four decades, so of course I'm gonna call him the goat, but. Do I respect him? Another- I don't know. I don't really do. I don't really. I do know. I don't respect Jay Z for real, for real. But I you think I, we'll get another Washington Sit again. You think we'll get another Washington Yeah, if the money right. Jay Z a businessman. And the thing about Kanye West is Kanye West always say I'm sorry too. Like <laughs> that's nothing about Kanye West. Kanye West. Well, I like what well, the thing I like about like I like about Kanye West the most is kind of like how Tupac was. But I feel I feel like they both are was like the truest form of being a human. You know what I'm saying? Like you can yeah. change. You can go through different phases of music. 
and their music reflected how they felt at that certain period of time, whether it was right or wrong. But as humans, don't we grow every don't we grow every year? Like I'm not the same person I was last year, let alone sixty days ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can't judge somebody who was in the limelight their whole lives and giving me who they really are through their music. So, of course, we could say Kanye West going crazy or Kanye West doing this, down the third. But I be telling my friends, like, it's been a plenty of time I said off-the-wall shit and I ain't think about it. Then I had to kind of think about it and be like, nah, this is what I really meant to say. But mm. off, of the, off of the heat of the moment, I just said some shit because that's how I felt at the moment. Now, am I? Mm. Can I admit I'm wrong? Yeah, I can admit I'm wrong, and I can kind of say what I was trying to convey in a better in a better way. But come on now, we all don't have no damn uh, writers for us or no like publicists that can like proofread everything if we're in a moment right. of, of a conversation, especially a debate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When people be holding Kanye West to these standards, I'm like, man, this man is human. He went through a lot of shit, and he is open enough to speak his mind. Because when he said George Bush don't care about black people, oh, we love him for that. But mm. when but when he says, you know, slavery was a choice, which was crazy. We condemn him for it, but once he say like, no, he saw things as a choice because he was like, it was a choice we did it for four hundred years. Like he said, we could at least did it for like a hundred years and rebelled. But he like, we all tried right. to do it for four hundred years. Now, do I agree with, agree with that point? Yes, but did, did he say it crazy the first time? I can say that too. But it's crazy how yeah. we just don't want to hear the follow up to the to what he was trying to say. We just like, nah, nah. Like I already know me and Kamel about to have a debate about this soon on this podcast. Kamel going yeah. crazy on uh, Kanye West a few a few weeks ago. But like really? to me, Kanye West means a lot to me because he made it okay for, to be different. I felt like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I used to listen to all this gangster rap. I mean, I, I love Biggie and Biggie, but can I relate to what Biggie was talking about? No. I couldn't mm-hmm. relate to what 50 Cent was talking about or all these other gangster rappers, but I listened to that yeah. shit because I thought that one was cool and I wanted to emulate it. And then, a, 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 then a guy who came in with a pink polo shirt with his collar popped on some white boy mm-hmm. shit, speaking about how he, he got kicked out of college, about how he's working uh, this slave shit for a nine to five that from white people who don't care about him. I was like, yo, this mm-hmm. person rapping about different shit. So it don't have to be gangster rap. Because when I was growing up, it was yeah. all gangster rap you had listened to in New Jersey. Like That's all you can get, pick off of was gangster rap. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But yeah, I don't want And wanna... you, was the word, you was part of the reason that I actually, in a way, branched off to start it starting to listen to some artists that were actually speaking about something. You know what I'm saying? Because I used to, I hated your freaking rappers and uh, like Big Sean. I hated Big Sean. You were. Uh, yeah, Big, Big Sean. Big, I hated him. I'm not listening to Big Sean. You know, I, I didn't like them artists that were speaking about something of substance when I was younger. But once I got older and I got into hearing like the message that some of them were trying to, you know, get out to the public, I'm like, I get it. You know, it's a lot more than the turn-up music. Even though the turn-up music is great, you know, but it's a lot more than that. And that's why, you know, I I credit you for that. Because I wasn't listening to that shit before. Oh, yeah, man. And trust me, like, the person that put me on a lot of music, too, was Sipo. I ain't gonna lie. Like, when Sipo listens to it, listens to this podcast, like, he put me on a lot of artists where I was just like, yo, he'd be like, yo, listen to this person. I'll listen to him. I'd be like, yo, this shit was hard because his brother, Jiasi, was in college. So his brother would put him on all music. He'll put me on. And I'd be like, yo, this person is dope. Big Sean Hard or so-and-so hard. I'm listening to this song. You know what I mean? And... Sometimes you just need other people to kind of broaden that scope for you. I told you, like, Daryl put me on Drake. And I was listening to him, but I was like, all right, this is cool, but I don't know how far this is going to go. And now this dude's the biggest artist in almost history. <laughs> Crazy. 
it's crazy how life turns out, man. But uh, yeah, we an hour and a half in, James. So I can't make this too long of a podcast. But you know. You know, I appreciate you coming on. I need to have you on again so we can have this. Actually, I want to have this this re-debate on this Tupac and Biggie thing after I put this poll up. But, yeah, uh, I appreciate everything you're doing, man. I can't wait for you to drop that uh, new new podcast in June, you said? Yep, June. And what's the name of it? Leave a Business. Leave a Business Podcast. Uh, it's going to be on all platforms uh, coming June 27th. And uh, drop your social media so people are going to follow you and see what you're doing. My social media is, my Instagram is at dirty30, two underscores at the end. And that's all I got, really. Um, I don't even know my Twitter. Yeah, you know, just hit me on there, you know, DM me for fitness tips, DM me for, you know, podcasts, uh, uh, topics and whatnot, and, you know, <laughs> double tap, like, share, you know, I'm getting into the fashion and photography things now, so. Yeah, just oh, he, he, he a fashionable he a fashionable dude. Telling y'all, oh yeah, and that that helped it happen down in California. I'm not gonna lie. I about to say you was wearing a whole uh, winter outfit in the springtime. It's not it's not it's not uh, as cold out there. It's hot out there. Oh, that that picture was old, bro. <laughs> that picture's from January. Oh, I'm about to say I'm like, you bundled up, my guy. But that shit was fly though. <laughs> yeah, but, that was a shoot I had. Okay, man. Yo, you're doing big things. It's your boy Trader Reels from Real Last Conversations. Follow my boy James on all his platforms. You know, if you need any fitness goals, any tips, hit him up. He'll be glad yep. to help. It's all love, man. Just remember to keep it real and just love yours. Peace. Mm-hmm.